Hello, my name is Daniel Kelly and this is May Contain, the podcast breaking the stigma of what it's really like living with a severe food allergy. I have lived with a peanut allergy since I was five, so I'll be talking about the different situations I've come across over the last 20 years living with food allergy, whether that's dating, going out with your friends, living abroad, hopefully give you guys like a really good insight into what it's like living with a food allergy. Hi and welcome back to another episode of May Contain. So I'm super excited. I'm here with Jackie today who has worked over 30 years of experience in the catering industry. So I'm delighted to have on the podcast today. So we're actually at Chelsea Football Club Hotel, aren't we? Like, we are. It's exciting. Been here all afternoon for a really important meeting all about allergies. And I was very lucky that Jackie invited me along today. So it's great to be here with Jackie. And I thought I'll make the most of this opportunity to ask her a bit about her journey, how she got into catering, but also how we met as well. So we actually met at a fundraiser at Cambridge University. Um, I think it was in May time now, and she was doing a fundraiser with Emma Della, and there was campaigning for legal changes that allow higher education to have um, EpiPens on campus. So that's how we met, wasn't it? It is, yeah. Uh, I was working with Emma because I'm passionate about this, because my background is working in universities, 20 years at Manchester Met University, and also five years at the Royal Northern College of Music. And um, I... I'm very concerned that students away from home don't have easy access to medication if they forget their medication. And Emma, working as a nurse at St John's, um, we, we were put together and we were working on a campaign together. So I invited Dan to come and speak for us at the dinner and he was brilliant. Yeah, I was very delighted to get the opportunity. It's my first public talk as well, so I remember feeling like quite nervous <laughs> that... I got this amazing opportunity in it, and it was at St. John's College at Cambridge University, which is an absolutely incredible venue, wasn't it? It, it was, was like... Yeah, brilliant place. It's a prestigious event. I've actually been lucky enough to have two dinners there, so I, I was really... Lucky you. Yeah, yeah, and I've actually stayed there. It's like staying in Harry Potter's rooms. Brilliant, yeah. It's so. a bit surreal. I remember yeah. just being there, like, being like, oh, I couldn't <laughs> believe it. And then obviously get the opportunity for yourself to, to invite me along was was incredible. So yeah, thank you for that. And then well, the welcome. we've we've stayed very much in touch then. And like, I mean, like today, for example, I was very lucky that I got invited along to Jackie was doing a meeting at Chelsea Football Club mm-hmm. for the catering staff there. So yeah, it was great to like listen into a conversation mm-hmm. of, of, of how she kind of consults with businesses and restaurants with, with allergies. But if we go straight back to the start, you've had over 30 years experience in the catering industry. Mm -hmm. Where did your journey start? So I remember actually at school, I went to a grammar school and um, the expectation was I would stay and do A-levels and university, but actually I didn't really want to. I suddenly had a surge to do catering and I have no idea why. Nobody in the family had done it before and my mum and dad were like, why you want to do that? I have no idea. I had to go in front of the headmistress because I was expected to go on to do A-levels and I was perfectly capable of doing that, but... I just I actually said to her, what's the point of doing geography A-level when I want to do catering? <laughs> so I went to a local college. I did my uh, diploma in hotel and catering studies and then went on to do um, catering management at Hollings at Manchester Met, actually, um, which was a really intensive course. Um, within the first three weeks, you got sent away onto um, an industrial placement and then back again. Was that Same quite nerve-wracking yeah, initially? You, yeah, you arrived, you didn't know where you were going to go to. Um, could have been sent away, could have been nearby. Um, mine was at a hotel nearby to start with. And I actually stayed there for 18 months doing uh, additional work out of college. Second time I went to Sheffield um, and I actually worked in the hotel, in the, sorry, the hospital. But my brother was a student there. I've got two brothers. So my older brother was a student at the time. Uh, and big brother was supposed to look after me. But every time he called around, I was out. <laughs> anyway, that took me into the catering industry. And I started off uh, working at Manchester University in the business school. 
Um, then I went to Royal Northern College of Music, which was brilliant. Um, great place to work. Do you have a great experience at yeah. university? So you, yeah. just to make, do you have any allergies yourself? I don't know. You don't no, know. No. And then I went on to Manchester Metropolitan University and worked there for 20 years, um, 10 years of which was head of catering. Yeah. Um, so my experience with allergies, um, I went to a, an annual conference and the speaker was talking about allergies and she said, uh, quite a poignant message, she said that the students who leave home for the first time um, are the most uh, most uh, vulnerable and it just suddenly struck me actually there they are and she said they're away from home for the first time they're buying food for the first time checking ingredients cooking don't want to be different so they don't carry the medication I think it's with the, the definitely with the the parents as well have obviously mm. took on that massive responsibility mm. of like looking after the kid and obviously growing up with an allergy and the parents like I said mm. do all the responsibility and then mm. moving away I remember mm. moving away home for me mm. first time at university and kind of shook me like straight yeah. away I was like yeah. god I've actually got to defend for myself now and I've, yeah. I've got to cook your own food or go yeah. shopping for yourself and it's a massive shock to the system it is and we have 36,000 students 4,000 staff and then um, because my daughter which we'll talk about shortly um, she started with um, a, a range of allergies and intolerances at the age of 14 and it suddenly struck me actually she'll be moving away to university and one of my colleagues said this you need to do something about this this is your area and since then i've sort of took it on and ran with it so your thought is going to university mm -hmm. was that as a parent is that mm -hmm. quite nerve-wracking from yes. your point of view yeah so she's um currently in second year at a university but we're from manchester um and she struggled with um food allergies and intolerances since 14 but i have two older children who are absolutely fine so it came from nowhere really although my cousin does have allergies um once we found out what they were, she was doing quite well at college and she got sent away to Oxford University on a summer school. That's amazing. So she was all ready to go. She was going to do a presentation. She was going to go punting down the river. I even bought her a new dress for the dinner at the end of the week. Um, and night one, she was ringing me in tears. Mum, I feel really bad. I'm being sick. The teachers were ringing me and I said, what's happened? And there'd been a mix-up in the kitchen and she was made poorly. Uh, fortunately, she's not got life-threatening allergies, and I said that to them. I said, but she'll take days now to recover. She'll be ill for the rest of the week. Well, that's what I mean. If she did have life-threatening mm. allergies, and that did happen mm. on the universe campus, mm. like it's it's terrible. And it's as scary. well, like it, mm. it's not only that. Even if it is a mild reaction, or mm. even if it's not life-threatening, mm. it just knocks that student's confidence mm. where they don't feel safe then mm. to eat out at restaurants or. Well, she had to make the journey back herself because it was too far to drive. It would have been quicker by train. So once she settled down the next day, she went on the train and she came back and she said, um, when I go to university, I'm not paying all that money in fees and then being sick in my bedroom, <laughs> which a sensible way. And she, she did the first year. She's at Manchester, at Manchester University and she did the first year she stayed at home for that reason. But she just moved out now in the second year to a, a shared house with two girls. How she found that from... From like a parent's point of view, imagine you die moving away and obviously yeah. you're living with other students. Mm -hmm. From, did you have to make sure that she was very vocal about allergy? Because I know I get a lot of parents reaching out to me mm -hmm. saying that they're quite scared about the kids going to university, but mm -hmm. they can't. You can't kind of like wrap them up in cotton no. wool kind of thing. You've got kind of got to let them yeah. venture well, I, off into the world. But I've I can imagine it's very hard from a from a parent. Like. I've got three kids; the other two are grown up. But even my older daughter, she said, it's a good job it's Sophie with allergies and not me because she's quite picky with the food. Oh, really? Whereas Sophie's quite grounded and she'll she's um, tends to eat quite you know all the right things. She checks her ingredients. 
Um, but just before we left, about two months ago, before she was going, she started her own cookery book and she used to sit in the kitchen and say, right, how do I make this and how to do it? And she's so organised, she had a rough book and then she was going to translate it in nice writing, a Kath Kidson book. Oh, really? <laughs> and she didn't want any mistakes. Um, and then I've had uh, WhatsApp photos of food that she's made and yeah. how she's getting on. So she's quite grounded, quite sensible. And because she's doing politics and modern history, she's found Imagine a voice. that helps out yeah, being yeah. very vocal. And I've always <laughs> yeah. said to any teenager, like, always be like really, really mm-hmm. vocal about your origin. It's so yeah. important. So she, when cha- you- she challenges people as well and has challenged people in restaurants when the waiters give her the wrong answer, she walks out or challenges them. I think that's amazing. I've mm-hmm. always said as well, like always go with your gut feeling. Mm-hmm. And I've always, I've said this multiple times mm-hmm. on, on the blog, like if you don't feel that they do take your allergy serious, then just don't eat at that restaurant. Mm-hmm. And I think it is so mm-hmm. important to be mm-hmm. vocal about yeah. it. It sounds like your daughter's doing exactly that and yeah. she's going with a gut instinct. And if yes. someone doesn't take it serious, then just don't eat at the restaurant. Exactly, yeah. So you've, obviously you was head of catering at Manchester Met f- mm-hmm. for, for nine years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How did you find that in terms of educating the staff about allergies? Was it? Was it? Yeah. So partway through, um, whilst was there, the, the law changed, and we had had to do by law. So we were doing the statutory training, and um, everything was was folded into place. Everyone was doing what we should be doing. And around about the same time, coincidentally, Sophie started to be, become ill, so it became real to me. And at first, I didn't realise that it was down to the food, and. Um, after a while, there was a pattern emerging. She was eating certain foods and she was being sick. So I was sitting with our exec chef, quite stressed, you know, because my daughter was at home being sick and, and I was at work. And yeah. the two of us were talking about it. And I said, I wonder how many other Sophies are in the university having exactly the same situation. Because if she was sick on a Monday, she'd, she'd be ill till Thursday or Friday. It took two or three days to recover. Um, so it became really real to me. Um, so I became quite passionate at work about it and talking to the chef and asking him how to change some of the menus. Um, and one day Sophie came in, she'd had a 24-hour starvation um, test. She had to starve 24 hours. She'd already lost 10 kilo. Wow. And she was really mad, hungry. Yeah. yeah. So we walked into work because it was down the road from the hospital. And I said, Sophie's here, what can she have? And on the menu we had fishing batter, pasta and a curry. And she couldn't eat any of them. So I went into the kitchen and said to the chef, Sophie's here, but she's really hungry. What can she have? And he said quite innocently, so, well, I always do poached fish for two girls. I know. Can she have that? So I said, yes, she can. And she can have that with rice. But all weekend, I thought, if you're 17, 18, 19 years old, you're not going to ask for poached fish. You're yeah, not going to stand yeah. in the queue and say, can I see you the chef? I'd like poached fish, please. And I said, it's great that you're doing this, but how do we know it's not it's on not, the menu? It's not on the menu, it's not it, aware, it's or if they say, has anyone got yeah. an allergy, then they're not going to know yes. these procedures, really. So that then formed in my mind, well, actually, we're probably doing a lot of things we don't know. I walked around the campus, and one of the cafe bars had um, gluten-free soup, and I knew they had gluten-free um, rolls. And I said, where are the rolls? And it was, shh, come here, they're in the corner. We don't want normal people eating them. I said, well, how do they know? <laughs> we were doing all this stuff. We had toasters for gluten-free bread that were still in the boxes. It's crazy, isn't it? Like, it's mad that obviously mm. allergies should be at the forefront and these students yeah. should know yeah. what they can and can't eat. And then these restaurants, they're keeping it <laughs> yeah. quiet, going that shh, yeah. like, don't, so we don't be eating that gluten yeah. bread. Like. So I said, put yourself on this side of the counter because the, because a student will not ask for a toaster for his gluten-free bread. He won't ask for the gluten-free roll. It'll just go mouldy in so the cupboard. So it needs to be labelled clearly yeah, so the, the students know. And I think it's been amazing, obviously, been following your journey. Mm-hmm. You've done the, the one-peak challenge yeah. where you challenge your staff <laughs> not to eat that allergen. Is it for a week or is it a day? Well, no, this was for the month. So the first month, time, wow, wow, yeah, I didn't which realize. I, in hindsight, was actually probably too long. Um, but it was because I was 
getting so frustrated because I knew we had a great team. I knew that we want they were trying to do the best. But if you're a student in that queue, if you're in freshers, you would know what was an offer. So I said, yeah, you, you need to understand yeah. it. I said, because I've only recently understand understood the pressures because I've become a parent with somebody with an allergy. And until then, it was something that happened to somebody else. So I said, I want 14 people to take one to take one of each allergen out of the diet for a month and just see what it feels like, document your journey. And did it have a massive impact mm-hmm. from yeah. your staff? And they was like, oh my God. Yeah. This is really serious because so I, I can imagine like before and they probably didn't take it that serious. And then mm. obviously to, to have an allergy for a month or mm. to be in the shoes of someone with an allergy, it must yeah. have had a massive it impact. Yeah. So we got 25 people. So I asked for 14, we got 25 and people were asking, could they join partway through? So day one, one of my managers came in and he said, I feel really, really sick. And I said, why? I said, he said, well, he said, my challenge has started today. I said, look, if you don't, if you feel sick, please don't take part. I don't want to make you poorly. He said, no, it's my fault. He said, I've just realised Kit Kats have soya. And that's my <laughs> allergy. And I've had to eat them all the night before. <laughs> he said, so if they're in the cupboard, I wouldn't be able to leave them there. So, so they didn't even clock fault. on until yeah. like afterwards. Like. <laughs> yeah. So then another manager came in. He said, oh, I nearly died last night. And I said, why? What happened? He said, the wife, she gave me chocolate. I had to contain <laughs> on the nuts. So they were taking it really seriously and coming in with the stories. They tried to eat out. They were finding it hard to buy stuff in the, in the um, shops because about five years ago now. So, And it really made an impact. But after that, we had a bit of a debate about what they'd learned. And then they said, well, if I was gluten-free, what would I eat here today? If I was not free, what's available for me? And we extended the menu and we made it clear on the menu. This All right, so from, you, from that feedback, yeah, you that's kind what, of... that's what we did, yeah. It was constructive in, yeah. in, in the sense that you'd kind of set that feedback and then you... If you, how would this work across yeah. like the different menus and what you could that, eat and what you couldn't eat? That's right. Like. So we also got supplies involved. So um, in our coffee bars, it was quite a small area. So the queue for the coffee bar was always a long queue because it was latte and, you know, um, cappuccino, all the, all the rest of it. So people were already queuing. But then I thought, I watched people and they were picking up the flapjacks to check the ingredients. So I said, let's have a separate table. Um, free from options available, like in the supermarket. I said, because there's already a queue in anyway, and they're probably not likely to pick anything. So we had um, free from products sent in from our suppliers and put them on the free from table. So it's quite clear you might be able to eat something off that, off that mm. product list. And do you feel so, like from, do you think students do take allergies serious or do you think universities should do more in terms of educating other students maybe who don't have allergies um, about th- how serious I think serious the caterers in the universities, to be fair, um, do take it seriously because I think they know um, what the impact would be if they got it wrong in terms of, A, for, you know, for the, for the tragedy if it would happen would be an absolute disaster for all concerned. Um, but I think it's an issue for the issue for the people who are not involved in catering. So, for example, when I was at Manchester Met, I talked, they had the residential advisors who were senior students or postgraduate students who looked after the new students in halls. And I did a talk for them and I said, what would happen if somebody had a serious peanut allergy in your flat and there were four people sharing a flat? So, you know, I said in terms of equipment and the typical student flat where, you know, all the washing-ups left, you know, I said it's a disaster for a student with an allergy, cross-contamination. They might need a separate fridge. They might need a separate equipment, you know, chopping boards and knives. Have you thought about any of this? And they hadn't thought about it at all. I think there's a massive thing with universities Mm -hmm. out the world. Definitely when students move into, like, maybe student flats or Mm -hmm. student halls for the first time and making sure that they do educate the housemates Mm -hmm. about, obviously, the safety of, of... Cross contamination. I've I've had it yeah. first. I mm-hmm. remember when I um, come back from home and uh, I was basically making a butter mm-hmm. and I must have I put the sandwich on the mm-hmm. chopping chopping board. Mm-hmm. I made the sandwich for some reason. I just flipped 
the sandwich. It's a very weird thing to do, yeah. but I just di- I did it, and there was a um, nut spread on the bottom because oh, it was on the chopping board, butter, yeah. and yeah. that was because the mm. um, one of the guys who it was living with mm. just didn't wash the chopping board mm. up Properly. after mm. himself, mm. and obviously there was cross contamination then yeah. on the sandwich. And um, when I told him, he felt so so bad, mm. and mm. I think I was just so annoyed at the time. I mm. think I was just like didn't really think, and I yeah. went. I was so I was so upset and angry, mm. but I think he realised it, it obviously it wasn't intentional. But mm. he was like, "Oh, so I'm so so sorry, Dan." But yeah, yeah it's just making yeah. sure that if you do living with with students, that they do make sure that they clean up after themselves, so there isn't any like cross contamination. Yeah, they introduced flat agreements between the uh, in the flats, which were um, managed by the university. They had flat agreements brought in, so they would sign to say certain products weren't allowed or. You know that they would keep the area clean, etc. But it was an area where they hadn't thought about. So I think the catering staff were very much, in my experience, on board with it. But other areas, and also I find that with hospitality, for example, the person ordering the hospitality for the group doesn't think about the allergy person. So we had a student with a number of allergies who I knew, and she actually wrote a long letter to complain to me that she'd been somewhere and she felt isolated because her diet hadn't been catered for. So I emailed her, um, took us free from goodies to soften her up. But I said, actually, I, I don't know where you are on a daily basis. There's 36,000 yeah. students. I can't possibly follow your tracks throughout the day. I said, day you have day, a responsibility yeah. to shout up. I said, if you were invited for a buffet lunch, you need to ask, yeah. have you been catered for? Um, because the person ordering the food won't have thought about it. They'll have just thought, there's 100 students coming, let's give them sandwich and cakes. That's what I mean. They're not going to know unless the, no. the student does just speak up about mm-hmm. the allergy and mm-hmm. I think when it comes to kind of that kind of situation mm-hmm. before when you see sandwiches mm-hmm. I've had it before when I've had meetings at university mm-hmm. and see sandwiches and sometimes you don't even know there's going to be yeah. catering there kind of mm-hmm. thing so mm-hmm. I just try and avoid it yeah, but so it's, said, it's very easy to take that risk but it's, it's not worth it is I said, it you know yeah I, mean? I said to you could have gone to the cafe bar and told them they've got gluten-free sandwiches there you know you could have asked to see the manager we would have easily you know got and something for it, you yeah. quite quickly there's no need to write to me and complain about me because I'm doing you know my hardest to make things work for you so she she went off with the free from goodies and was happy but I think she learned that, she, that you know I can't manage every single student yeah so since since obviously being the being in within the catering industry mm-hmm. and obviously been nine years like the head catering at Manchester Met yeah you set up on your own to educate higher education about allergies and so it be, was it more like providing the like a structure a process which these universities can take into practice um, a bit of both really so I left um really because I thought I've been there forever it's time I moved on <laughs> right. and um I don't just do work for universities I work for any organization that provides f- um food um because my background's university I um <laughs> That's my first point of contact. So I've branched out now to other areas. So I do, I'm a high field training centre. I'm also a high, high field trainer. So I train allergens, train level two, level three. I've also developed a more interactive workshop because I find that actually catering staff don't want to sit there for a long time with lots of PowerPoint slides. Oh, so I've got... An attention uh, span when you've got so many facts and figures. Yeah, it's for, uh, for anyone, really. Yeah. You kind of switch and they're not used to sitting down. So yeah. I do a bit of interactive sessions, get them involved, um, but also get the message home. I did one recently at Huddersfield University. And one of the students actually from the university works there in the catering department. And he said to me after, he came to me afterwards specifically and he said, I just want to tell you, he said, I wasn't looking forward to the session. I thought it'd be really boring. He said, but I've really enjoyed it. Great session. Um, thanks very much. And I've learned a lot. And it's, so, it's great that, they, that you, 
like obviously Huddersfield's uni for example mm-hmm. is, is is amazing that they are taking allergy serious mm-hmm. and they're working with people like yourself to yeah. ensure the staff kind of know the process mm-hmm. and the serious of allergies. So I also do um, audits, I do individual audits for myself um, for companies to say where are we now, what needs to happen but also on behalf of the allergen accreditation scheme I, I'm an auditor as well um, which is a scheme um, you can you go through the audit and you get a certificate, which is valid for three years, and it provides a framework all the way from the backdoor supplier level products, um, storage, training, all the way through to, to service. It's a very robust framework, and in terms of uh, what's it good for, it's good for putting on your, as a PR, putting on your website, putting on your window. If you're a university, displaying it on open day so parents can see that, that you're taking trouble. Yeah, I think that's a myth. So yeah, definitely when from a student, obviously, if the Obviously, the kids moving away mm-hmm. to university, they kind of want to know they're in safe hands, really. Yeah. You don't want to be worried that they're, they're going to be unsafe while mm-hmm. living there, for example. Yeah, so so I do that for allergy accreditation. And uh, I've also done quite a bit of speaking recently, a bit like yourself. Uh, it wasn't something I thought I'd, I was going to do, but people started asking me. So, um, yeah, yeah, I've got It's a great a skill speaking, to have, yeah. isn't it? I always find <laughs> yeah. that. Obviously, I think public speaking was the first one yeah. I did yeah. with yourself when yeah. yourself and Emma invited me on to the yeah, so we St. Did John's the College, but it's been amazing since then. Yeah. I think you did the allergy yeah. show after us. We did ours on the Friday without the yeah, weekend. Yeah, I just missed it, didn't I? Yeah. So yeah. I think mine was so. on the... I think mine was on the Saturday. It was yours on the Friday, Friday night, yeah. weren't Friday it? Friday yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I'm doing Food, Food Matters... Oh, right, okay. Um, so yeah. that's in yeah. November, and then doing yeah. the free from again in Liverpool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, so I'm going so to that one. Oh, so I'll see you there. See you so there. it's amazing yeah. how it's all kind of spiraled. Yeah, yeah. Since, that's good. Since, I think it was just you just giving me that opportunity, really. It's oh, really? all kind of like, yeah. <laughs> that's good. Spiral now, yeah, that's what I mean. All your, all your yeah. drink. Yeah. But um, it's, yeah, it's been amazing now. Because mm. I think public speaking is so important. Yeah. So Getting is the word it something you, you're doing more of, you mm. said, now than ever? Yeah, so. I'm doing speaking for Highfield Training because um, I did a talk at the Laser conference, which is for school school meals, and I didn't realise Highfield were in the audience and they were speaking after me. And on my presentation, I had the Highfield logo. (laughs) So (laughs) two of them came up after we're from Highfield, which I said, is that a good thing or a bad thing? But they were pleased and they've asked me to speak at their... um, event in Wales yeah. so do you get nervous okay. no. Uh, I, no because I know the topic I used to when I had yeah. to speak before in a university environment if it wasn't something I was confident with but now I know the topic um I'm quite passionate about it so I think when you're passionate about mm. something like you yeah. can't really hide it and it, no. I find it obviously with I'm so passionate about yeah. the that you, you find it quite easy obviously yeah. you could get you always can get a bit of nerves aren't you when yeah. you're sitting in front of strangers but when but you're passionate you, about something, you're not yeah. off the back of your hand. Then and you can get the message yeah. out. Then I think by by because I've got the experience in the catering, I've been in a kitchen. We've turned things around. Our kitchens weren't massive, but we put things in place to make sure we catered for various mm. allergies for students and also for VIP events. Um, and also because I'm a parent of somebody who struggles on a day-to-day basis, she takes packed lunch with her every day to university to make sure she knows what's in it. Um, if she goes out to eat, she'll ring the restaurant, she'll check the website. She can't have, you know, potatoes, so she can't have chips or crisps. So her diet's quite different from an usual sort of teenager diet at the time. Um, what about alcohol? Like, is she allergic to some um, alcohol? So potatoes, one last year when she was going out, she was just checking her phone before she went. And I said, oh, what are you checking for? She said, I'm just checking which vodka contains potato. That's amazing. Mate. So I yeah. said, can you not stay in water? <laughs> I mean, that didn't last there. <laughs> but at least she was checking beforehand, because apparently not all vodka contains potato. Yeah, I know. I've heard that some vodka. Yeah, yeah. I've heard that before so, actually. Yeah, and I, I had this issue before. I, I mm. went out for a, went out for a Sunday roast actually, mm-hmm. and uh, 
I ordered this cocktail and it, I think it was just like a gin. It wasn't mm. like anything like fancy in a mm. or this gin-based cocktail and I double checked and it said, oh, this gin's contains all almonds in it. Oh, and I was like, oh, buddy. Yeah, yeah. So I checked with the bar staff and he, he didn't really know to any, so he was mm. a bit clueless. So he just replaced it and I got vodka instead. And then mm. I actually put this in on my Instagram story mm. and people's like, yeah, you are right. It does contain an almond essence, mm. but it's so minute, like mm. you won't have a allergic reaction. But yeah. I didn't know this. No, so it's great no. that I think the algae community are very vocal about it and mm. everyone's there to help each other. But yeah, yeah it is. When I do all, all it is a risky one. Isn't it, it is. When I do audits quite often, I say to them, and you do have all the algae information for the drinks. And then there'll be a silence. Oh, do we need that as well? I said, well, they'll put it in the mouth and if there's an allergy, they need to know about it. Well, that's what I mean. We so. we, we spoke earlier mm. about, obviously, the girl at Man was it Manchester Uni and yeah. she had a cocktail that had egg yeah. whites. Yeah. So was egg whites actually in the cocktail? No, it was around the rim of the glass to make the that's, sugar stick. It's, it's yeah. mad, isn't it? And, yeah. I, and I think I'd, I spoke about this in my first podcast mm. where I was saying to the guys, they use like almond around the rim of the whiskey mm. and it, and I, I mean, I spoke yeah. about this a few weeks back, yeah. and it, it's just mad that like this is still happening, and that they're not labeling it clearly on mm. the menu. And mm. these these teenagers obviously mm. going on these nights out of and yeah. having these reactions because mm. it's it's not labeled. And it's mm. it's a crazy thing like this just keeps happening. I like. know. And drinks, you know, if, you, if you're doing cocktails particularly, it's the same as mixing a recipe in a kitchen. You're mixing ingredients in a glass, so you need to know what's in it. Yeah, and so, it needs to be labeled clearly because yeah. I. I don't think I've ever been given a drink allergy menu before. I've always kind of mm. spoke to the staff, but mm-hmm. I mean, that's something I might have to ask. Have you got an allergy, yeah. allergy menu for drink? It didn't really cross my mind, to be honest. I've yeah. always just double checked with the bar staff. Mm-hmm. I mean, nine times out of 10, like the work behind a cocktail bar, they are quite educated about mm. what does go into the cocktail. Like. Mm. But he, uh, there is a concern at the moment because of coffee bars and different lattes and milks. Um, and I did an audit at one university and they had three different milks. And I said, how do you know which milk is for which jug? Oh, we always put the right milk in front of the right jug. Even in the middle of lunchtime when you're really busy. That's what it was. Yeah, and that was our system. So bad. So like, it is, I'm, I'm concerned about coffee bars. It's funny you bring up coffees because mm. I've been feeling very paranoid re- recently mm. where... I ordered cocktail, um, say cocktail mm-hmm. coffee, <laughs> two different things. I mm-hmm. ordered a coffee and I ordered just like a flat white. Mm-hmm. And luckily I was watching it and I mm-hmm. seen her put like almond, almond, drink. <laughs> almond yeah, syrup almond. into the yeah. cocktail. But yeah. luckily I was, wa- I was watching it. She yeah. was a new barrister mm-hmm. and I watched her do it. And I said, have you just put almond in that? Mm-hmm. And she went, yeah. And I went, I've just told you I'm, I'm allergic mm-hmm. to nuts. Yeah. She went, oh God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But yeah. imagine if I... Sometimes, you know, you might mm. go to the toilet and mm. you come back and get cut. But imagine yeah. if I didn't see, see him yeah. pour it, then I, I would have had, a, a, I probably would have gone inside a it shot. So now I might really paranoid when I get coffee now. Even mm. when I got coffee before, I just mm. get a black Americano mm. now. So there is, there is no milk in it, yeah. and it and it's very simple. You can't mm. really go wrong with black mm. coffee. Like, keep it. Yeah. And it is crazy that the, these things do happen. So you've always. And I was having a coffee with a, a guy I was having a meeting with and I was talking about people at different situations in restaurants where waiters or waitresses may not always remember who's ordered what. So we had quite a good system when we had a, um, a VIP dinner of, of certain people dealing with the special diets to make sure they got the right meal. But even as we were talking, we both ordered coffee, but he'd ordered, um, I think, a syrup with his, I think vanilla. And the waitress came over and she literally said, oh, I'm sorry, I can't remember which is which. Do you want to try it? <laughs> and it was two coffees. It's and like I Russian said, roulette. And I was like, if this was an allergy, 
you know, <laughs> could you not remember two coffees from, from literally, you know, a few like two minutes ago? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's like rushing me away. It's like, oh, well, you yeah. can have this one as this yeah. one could kill you and this one could not. As it happened, I got his vanilla flavoured one and, I, and he got mine. So, you know, it shouldn't happen if you can't remember two coffees. <laughs> yeah, I think for me, what really catches me out or what really annoys me is the whole the syrups. Like, mm. it's been a few times where. I can just smell it. I feel like yeah. I've got spider senses. Yeah. I mean, my, my friends laugh at me. When I, you know what? If I can smell nuts from a mouth, yeah. off, I know. Yeah. And honestly, if you put coffee in it, add almonds in it, or add extracts or yeah. anything like, I would definitely pick up on it straight yeah. away. So, like, is yours all nuts? Mine's all nuts. Yeah. yeah, but I feel like I do need to go for a, a skin prick test. Mm-hmm. Did your daughter go for a skin prick test? She did, um, and it came back. Um, on most of them negative, um, so hers is more intolerance rather it, than an allergy. Did it take mm. a while for her to get through? Because I heard there's a waiting list, which it could took, be a few took months. ages. Um, in fact, she was when she started to be poorly. Um, it started at, at Christmas, uh, whatever, 2014, I think. Um, she came home from Manchester, and she'd been in Manchester with her friends, just a normal trip, and her lips were all slightly up and tingly and blistery and I said what's wrong with your lips they feel really funny and she'd been to Greg's to get some cookies oh really so I said I wonder what's in it so I, I put it down to cinnamon uh, I said avoid cinnamon because it's Christmas it's probably something you know not had before and then by Easter of the following six months she was flat out on the settee no energy vomiting constantly um, and just really quite poorly um, but in that time I changed, I took wheat out of a diet. I was making flapjacks, trying to give her some energy because she was doing Duke of Edinburgh. And I thought, well, she's not eating much. I'll give her some energy. But of course, I didn't realise she couldn't have oats. I was giving her oat milk as well and oh she was God, being sick because yeah. <laughs> she can't do any of the gluten at all, even the slightest bit. So um, I went into the doctor. Her face was puffy, her lips were swollen. Yeah. And I said, she really needs to see a doctor. Oh, she's on the waiting list for the hospital. It's, it's 18 months. It's not good enough, is no. it? No, like, yeah. and uh, and even then, it was when the doctor met her, he didn't believe us. And actually, wrote a letter to say he didn't believe us, and he, he said that she should have um, psychiatric referral because she's lost ten kilo in weight and she was doing her GCSEs. So, so the straight soon thing that there was like, so oh, she's anorexic. Yeah, that's yeah. Crazy but that, actually, yeah. the school uh, when I contacted them sent her a letter to say she was a top student. She was playing the saxophone. She was in the choir. She was achieving A's, A star grades. She had high ambitions, which she's fulfilled. She's doing politics and modern history at yeah. university and got really good A levels because she worked from home. She came home, worked, worked from her bed, and was determined to do it. But mm. I think if you're a teenage girl, uh, you know they get mixed messages. So I had to send, I sent proof. We started to take photographs every time she got a reaction. And at one, the Christmas when she was 16, she had um, eczema, which went on her face. And it became infected and her whole eye was swollen. So we had to have antibiotics. And I sent those fi- pictures and I said, this is physical evidence that it's not. Because I say eczema and allergies. Mm. Uh, I yeah. say I didn't know this. I remember yeah. when I, so when I started the podcast about a year mm. ago, my mum, mentioned this in the podcast mm. and I actually cut it off I, yeah. I didn't use it I'm like mom stop being so <laughs> stupid I said Exmid has got nothing yeah. to do with allergies and it wasn't until I was on someone else's podcast mm. um, allergy today actually and they mentioned obviously that the similarities mm. and how you've got Exmid can also yeah, relate so back to allergies and I, I didn't really know this yeah. this was this was quite new to me so she's got she's um, allergic she's got hay fever um, and eczema and, and these allergies mm. and she's allergic to, we have a cat and a dog which normally she's okay with, but if she's poorly, she reacts badly. 
Like, I'm quite worried. My mm. housemates just bought a cat on Sunday. Right. Okay. <laughs> and a bit like, oh God, am I going to be allergic yeah. to it? And I've yeah. kind of avoided it. It's only a yeah. kitten at the minute and it's, yeah. it's quite shy. So it's, yeah. it's kind of in the back room, but... <laughs> A bit like, God, I'm going to be yeah. taking antihistamine every day around this cat. So yeah. I'm a bit nervous. So if she's, if she's poorly, she reacts poor and has to take antihistamines. Yeah. If, she's, if she's well, she's okay. In regards to, obviously, I do get a lot of parents reaching mm. out to me with, mm. with the blog about obviously worrying about the, the teenagers going to mm. university or mm-hmm. eating out or drinking. Mm-hmm. What advice would you give to parents who the kid might have an allergy and they are moving away from home? So they need to have the confidence to ask and they need to know what they can eat and what they can't eat and how to look for it. So particularly if they're cooking for themselves, check ingredients. Um, So like my daughter, I put some recipes together for her, which, you know, she can make quite easily. Uh, She knows to check ingredients. Uh, When you go into open days at universities, ask, look for evidence, look on the menus, um, look how... Um, competent they seem to be look if they've got any signs if like for hours I would have had a free from stand um, we would have free from biscuits and cookies and we'd highlight on the menu and talk to somebody because I had a couple of people came to see me um, and actually somebody from the sports uh, department sent them over to me and said oh Jackie will help you and she said oh, I've, I've been recommended to come and talk to you my daughter's got allergies and I'm not sure how you're going to manage them and when I spoke to her she said oh, I'm, I'm absolutely confident now I'm going to send her here you obviously take it very seriously. So ask to speak to somebody for your own peace of mind. Um, and one of the universities, well, yeah, yeah, one of the universities. If they're staying in halls, anybody with an allergy gets a letter um, when they immediately walk, uh, move in. And if they don't get seen within the first two weeks, they start to ring home and say, "Your son or daughter hasn't come to see us. We're not going to feed them until we've seen them," because the chef wanted to understand what they can eat, the likes and dislikes what the allergies were and how they could make they sure they could eat. should get seen too straight away. Yeah, I, know, um, I think for me, when I went to uni, I think the main thing was making sure that you change your doctor so you mm-hmm. can get the obviously access to your EpiPen. Yeah. So when they do run out of date, I was quite bad in the first year mm-hmm. that I just used to wait till I went home and then yeah. ask my mum to get them. But mm-hmm. I think it wasn't to the second year that I was like, I should really be taking on more responsibility yeah, yeah. and make sure that... I am assigned to the doctors at university mm-hmm. so I can get the EpiPens yeah. on time or up to and, and as you always say, to take the EpiPens with you at all times because we've mentioned at the start of this that currently schools uh, can keep EpiPens but colleges and universities can't. So if something happens, you know, there's no access to medication. Which I, which I think is like mad as well because obviously when I was at university and I'd done mm-hmm. the magazine, the whole idea but off the back of that was... Mm-hmm make sure that students knew how to mm-hmm. use the EpiPen because a lot mm-hmm. of students didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. And I think it is so important, obviously when I've done the talk with mm-hmm. yourself at mm-hmm. Cambridge Uni, was to really educate people about the services of allergies and make sure that these universities do have access to weapons. Mm-hmm. And I think it's amazing um, the work with yourself and mm-hmm. Emma doing mm-hmm. and trying to lobby and yeah. do that legal change to make sure mm-hmm. that you do have weapons on the yeah, university absolutely. campus. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so parents of young people give them the confidence to ask so my daughter will challenge so for example she went to one restaurant in Manchester and um, she wanted gluten free um, they advertised gluten free chicken and he said is it an allergy or intolerance so she said why are you asking and he said because um, just to let you know we've only got one fryer so she said well they won't be gluten free then will they <laughs> and he said well I think you'll find most celiacs are okay and she said I think you'll find they won't <laughs> she walked out <laughs> And then she put a bad review on TripAdvisor and he argued with her on TripAdvisor. That's what I mean. So. I, I think you have to be mm-hmm. like really vocal about it mm-hmm. and then make sure that other people wear. So I think we're going we're gonna to wrap it up. I think we're getting chucked out. <laughs> I think the cleaners are like looking at us like, what, are you done yet? Um, so, 
Yeah, it's been amazing to have Jackie on the podcast today to talk about her experience in within catering. Mm-hmm. Have you enjoyed it? Is it? Oh, it's been great. Yeah, I've enjoyed it. Thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, thank you. And do you want to tell us a bit more if people want to reach out to you? Yes, yeah, so certainly. So obviously, um, I made the massive step to leave university last year, which is a big, brave step after being there nearly 20 years. Um, but I'm enjoying what I'm doing. I'm spreading awareness. I'm really passionate about what I do. Um, so I talk in universities, um, but also any other, you know, pubs, restaurant change. I do training. I do bespoke workshops. And I do talks for groups as well, um, because I think the message, as we know, isn't getting out far enough or wide enough. I think those that know do it well, and there are those that either don't understand it or don't do it well enough. So I'd like to get out there anywhere, anywhere who needs me. Yep. <laughs> if everyone wants, have you got a Twitter handle? If people want I to do, yeah. So it's in my name. It's Jackie McPeak and it's Jack's Limited is my business. So yeah, I'm on Twitter. Um, I'm on LinkedIn as well. Uh, I can't quite get the hang of Instagram. I have got an Instagram button. Yeah, get your daughter to do it. <laughs> yeah, your daughter must do that for me. <laughs> Right. Thanks, guys. For thanks, guys, for listening. Hope you really enjoyed the podcast. It was great to hear about Jackie's experience today and how she's undergone like her experience in catering and obviously a daughter with an allergy and how she's like managed that. If you like the podcast, make sure to subscribe. Make sure to leave me a comment. It, I think it makes such a massive difference. The more people can leave me a comment, the more people iTunes more likely going to view it. And yeah, it's been great. Thank you. Thanks very much. Bye.